Hi, welcome. I'm Dr. Barbara Byers, and today I'm going to talk about self-acceptance. And I want to do this in two parts because I have a lot to say about it. So this is part one, self-acceptance, which is appropriate self-love. So the reason I want to talk about self-acceptance is because so many of us lived with a distorted and diseased image of ourself, our attitude. Uh, we're in some form of self-criticism, self-negation, self-correction. That is not appropriate self-acceptance. Uh, and to be constantly in that place of self-criticism really is very narcissistic and self-oriented. So self-acceptance is an attitude. It's one that we have to develop. It says, um, I care for myself. I see myself as good. It's a gift to be me. It's a healthy kind of love and regard and honor for yourself. And it's really about our inner vision, how we perceive ourselves, and, uh, and how we perceive our relationship to others and to God. So the most important relationship we will ever have, apart from our relationship to God, is our relationship to ourself. Uh, what we are continually thinking about ourselves is very, very important. And this isn't the same as constant self-approval. It's not a judgment, it's not a personality trait, but it's a habit that we have to develop into a character quality, into a virtue. Really healthy self-acceptance carries three components. First is I have a sense of belonging. I know that I'm loved and enjoyed and I belong. The second is a sense of worth. I have value. My life has meaning. And then third is a sense of competence or competency. Um, I'm able to live my life. Despite mistakes and everything else, else, I'm able to live my life. So our sense of significance isn't to be blown up into self-importance. That's not what we're talking about. We recognize we're significant because we have a creator who in his love made us and knows what we're about. But we often have this diseased inner vision and uh, this sort of self-disapproval is actually often easier than working at uh, developing healthy self-acceptance. And many Christians who are otherwise mature find this in themselves. There, there's like an impasse. They feel like they can't, uh, something's the matter. And often what they're missing is the development of self-acceptance. So without it, we look to others for permission to be, for permission to act, for to tell us who we really are. Jacques Philippe in Interior Freedom wrote, one of the most essential conditions for God's grace to act in our lives is saying yes to what we are, giving our consent to be who we are. And many times we haven't done that. We're striving for something else. Now that's not the same as, oh, I, need, I, I see something that needs to change and I'm asking God's help. No, that this self-hatred means I'm striving to be something other than I am, some other idealized image because I find myself unacceptable. So it's saying yes, it's consenting to be who I am. 
And um, this is a slow process and often a difficult one. There is a constant and subtle temptation to believe, you know, I'm, I'm really deficit. I'm really lacking in something essential. But the truth is, Scripture says that every good thing we need, God has given to us, God has for us. All of his love, all of his grace is available for us to grow and to grow into self-acceptance. He doesn't deal with us uh, according to his ideal. He deals with us as we are now to bring us up into maturity. And the great paradox is, unless we first accept ourselves as we are, we really can't grow because we're uh, we can't begin to change because we're constantly trying to be something that we're not. So uh, this self acceptance that we're not just born with really is a cooperative work where we add our collaborative effort to the grace of the Holy Spirit, and as we consent to be who we are now as we accept ourselves for who we are now the spirit then is able to come and help us bring change and the beautiful thing is as we develop self-acceptance we begin to see ourselves through god's eyes and there is so much freedom in that we see that we're both saint and sinner we are and he lets us make mistakes he knows that we have sin he knows our weaknesses but he redeems us and he saves us. And we're not bound to be something other than we are. We can accept both those things about ourselves, even as we strive to grow and be holy. So our maturity is based in grace. I, I like this verse um, in uh, the message in 1 Corinthians 10, because this is really our confidence. It says, we don't reduce Christ to what we are. He raises us up to who he is. And this same Christ lives in us. Within ourselves, we're always going to be deficient. And there's something in us that, you know, doesn't want to be deficient and wants to be righteous on our own, but we never will be. And if, when we accept that, we can begin to accept his fullness. And when we do consent to be who we are and recognize we have limitations, we we also know I'm not entirely enclosed by those limitations. I have uh, gifts and capacities that can grow beyond my current limitations. And um, if once you know and realize who you are and accept that, you never really wanna be someone else. You never need to compare yourself to someone else. And as we grow in self-acceptance, it really, we're growing in the love of God. We're more and more able to receive his love. And it really sets in us a foundation where he can come and show us some of our very real faults. And instead of, you know, hating ourselves for it, we can actually take a look at it, bring it to the Lord, knowing we're already loved and invite him to work in that area. So attaining to this virtue of self-acceptance takes our full will and it's not a striving of willpower, but it's a deeper faculty of choice and orientation. I continue to orient myself to growth. I continue uh, to look to the Lord in this, to be 
who he's created me to be, because I can only really understand myself in relation to him anyway. We only gain uh, self-acceptance, not by looking at ourselves, but by looking to him. And he tells us who we are. And uh, we don't just develop it in a vacuum with ourselves, and we don't just develop it between ourselves and the Lord. It takes others as well, giving us feedback, uh, giving us loving affirmation. Now, we don't depend on others in a codependent way to give us permission to be or to act, but we, we do receive from them. So what happens without healthy self-acceptance? Well, we feel feel a lot of shame and we shame ourselves. and shame is a terrible change agent. It, it does not help us change when we shame ourselves. It doesn't foster growth. Self-hatred, self-renunciation doesn't propel us toward lasting change. In fact, it minimizes us instead of helping us thrive. Uh, so there's blame and self-criticism, and we're really being cruel to someone God loves when we are unkind to ourselves in that way. We, we strip away the dignity by being unkind. So when our inner vision is immature, we have some really juvenile patterns of thought and relationships. It may involve perfectionism, trying to live in an idealized image, comparing ourselves to others, copying others, feeling inferior, feeling a lot of rejection, debilitating self-criticism, and immature patterns of relating to ourselves, of relating to God, and relating to others. And when we reject any part of ourselves, we tend to center on that part, and then often we'll project it onto someone else. And sometimes the only way we know how to even relate to other people is from our own sickness, lack of health. And that's so sad because Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. We have to first have appropriate self-love in order to love others, in order to know how. So self-hatred seems to focus on certain aspects of our, our person. Often it's our body, it may be our mind, our intelligence, our giftings, our personality, and we, we start feeling an unworthiness, an emptiness, even uh, there can be rebellion and confusion in this, and depression, you know, often depression is we feel like we've lost something, and we have. We've lost our sense of who we are. And all of these patterns I mentioned um, can be present in a mature Christian. They love the Lord, they're deeply spiritual, but they haven't developed this yet. And, and this can be sometimes the missing element in our maturity. We can just feel this constant unease about ourselves because we're never living in our authentic self. We're not living present to others, present to ourselves, present to the Lord. It's like we're trying to present a more acceptable self to ourselves and others. So how do you know if you've agreed to self-hatred? Well, the primary thing is you just look at the fruit. Stop and think about what your thought life is when your thoughts turn to yourself. What is your thought life? Because that's gonna reveal this, uh, this self-criticism in a downward spiral. Leanne Payne in her book, The Healing Presence wrote, however much a person lives out of the diseased attitudes and feelings toward the self, 
To that extent, he will fail to find and live from his true center where God sweet speaks, dwells, and empowers. I want to read that just one more time. I think that's really packed. However much a person lives out of the diseased attitudes and feelings toward the self, to that extent he'll fail to find and live from his true center where God dwells, speaks, and empowers him. So self-hatred just traps us in lies and it robs us of our ability to know the truth about who we are. It steals our dignity. Berating ourselves just undermines our ability to grow. It doesn't help us grow. Paul Tillich said, the courage to be is the courage to accept oneself in spite of being unacceptable. We see these unacceptable things and it takes courage to say, I accept myself. And with the Lord's help, I'll work on these other things. It includes being willing to face painful aspects of our life. And you know, we can, we can face these painful things because we know they're, we're, we're the beloved of the Lord. If we have self-acceptance, we're free to act and to be, and we don't need someone else's permission all the time to tell us who we are, to tell us if it's okay, to tell us what to do. We can live with an ease within ourselves, being at peace with ourselves. So we need to develop that inner voice of loving acceptance. Otherwise, we're not thriving, we're just uh, surviving, but we really do have to pursue self-acceptance. It takes time, it takes time, because we've had decades of these habits in our attitude, in the, the tapes that play internally, these thoughts and beliefs, toward and about ourself and, and God. We've been unkind to ourselves, and we have to abandon self-disregard as a habit and deal with the wrong attitudes we've had of perceiving ourselves. When we become aware of our own shortcomings, oh, it can feel so big to us, but right there is where God wants to meet us, and this is what he's about. So thank you for joining me, uh, part one of self-acceptance. Next time in part two, I'm going to talk more about developing self-acceptance. Hope to see you then. Bye.